This is The Sean Prue Show on Canada Talks, Sirius XM 167. So glad you're with us. Thought Revolution Radio underway all this next hour. We're going to talk to Raquel Richards, who is a contributor, longtime contributor to my digital magazine. And she has gotten rid of two toxic relationships. And I think all of us have uh, a couple of those in our lives. We're going to talk about how she did it why she did it, and the results that she's enjoying as well. A new book uh, out is causing quite a stir. My name is mentioned in it once. Uh, that's not why the, the stir, though. It's called The Boy Who Brought Down a Bathhouse. And if you're listening to this and you've heard about those things, but you're not sure what they are, we've got the author in, and uh, he takes on uh, the uh, very rich, very entertaining very provocative topic uh, in, in a wonderful way. But first, first impressions happen fast, don't you think? I'm understanding that seven seconds is all it takes after meeting someone to form an opinion, positive or negative, of that person. I know I do it. I know I'm very first impression based. Uh, and it's my understanding as well that it takes six months to change their mind of that first impression if Ever. John Asher is here and he, uh, listen to this, he, he's a Navy submarine commander, successful business leader, award-winning speaker. His new book, Close Deals Faster, is out now and it's no coincidence that I've got the new business development person in my media team sitting here as we, I'm holding, John, how are you today? I'm holding up your book to, to uh, Adrian over here, Close Deals Faster. <laughs> How are you today? Uh, I am primo, fabulous, and mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. All right. Well, I'm ready to have my mind blown. Your, <laughs> uh, your, your first impression um, of, of, of somebody is always assured. Like, we don't ever run into someone and have no impression at all, correct? Uh, very correct. And to form a, a positive opinion... Uh, versus a negative, what are the sort of basic components that people are automatically looking for? I'm assuming it's mostly visual, but I could understand if it's also energetic or body language based, which is also visual. Tell us how we, we form that opinion, positive or negative. Well, based on the huge study at UCLA uh, many years ago, um, it's, most of it is um, visual. Uh, and we've all heard of pictures worth a thousand words. Mm. So 55% visual, 38% vocal, as you mentioned, their enthusiasm, tone of voice, and that sort of thing. And only 7% verbal what they actually say. Mm. It reminds, this would imply that we're fairly shallow, don't you think? It remind, But no, because it reminds me of that, um, that saying, people don't always uh, remember what you said or did, but how you made them feel. Exactly. Yeah. What's the uh, worst thing that can happen in your experience if someone's got that negative impression of you? Well, if they have the negative impression, then the probability of um, having a lifetime relationship is pretty much zero. Probability of getting the date or making the sale is also pretty darn low. Mm. Does it put pressure on us all then to make sure that that impression is positive? Or is it something that some people just do well naturally? Is it a learned thing, or is it some people are just born that way? Well, it's, it's probably uh, half and half. And, you know, Dan Pink's one of his books, To Tell Us Human, he basically said, you know, we're all in sales. We're all selling our ideas. We're all selling ourselves. We're selling our, uh, you know, selling to the boss. The boss is selling to us, and on and on. So if you really do consider yourself a salesperson, <clears throat> then first impressions are incredibly important. Well, and I think we should all consider ourselves um, uh, salespeople, and I would, I would take your idea into the world of, of, uh, social, of socializing. When you go into a bar on a Friday night or whatever, you're selling yourself. You've probably maybe dressed up a bit more, um, taken care of yourself a bit more. You're more aware of your posture, what you look like, eye contact, that kind of stuff. I think you suggest that that's something that maybe we should have an awareness of on an ongoing basis? Totally. Um, you know, it all goes back to our subconscious mind or our old brain. 
of thinking. And we've always heard from uh, the late great Zig Ziglar and many others that mm. first impressions happen in under 30 seconds, even even quicker. We got another hint from um, Malcolm Gladwell's uh, book, Blink, and his idea was that we form a first impression in a blank. We now know from the latest studies, from the neuroscience studies and a worldwide forum, that our old brain forms a first impression of another person in 0.07 mm. seconds. Mm really does happen in a blank. So people are listening to this right now, and they're all freaking out <laughs> about the kind of impression they're making. You've got six fundamental strategies to help people set a, a positive tone. Take us through them. Well, one, of course, is um, good grooming, good posture, and re- reasonable dress for whatever the, the occasion is. That That's a big part of the visual. Uh, s- second would be your likability your smile, your uh, firm handshake, your uh, willingness to really listen to another person. And from the old brain studies, don't just ask people how you're doing or how's everything going. Ask how are you feeling today? Mm -hmm. And that is one of the very small handful of words that actually wake up up a buyer's old brain. You know, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, and use their name. Three times. Yeah, so, so here's, the, here's the five words that will actually wake up a buyer's old brain. You, their name, feeling, imagine, as in a customer story, and because, which comes from the so-called rationale bias. Give people a reason to do so, do something, and the probability goes way up that they'll actually do what you want them to do. And when you say imagine... Don't ask people how you're doing, ask how you're feeling today. And um, I want to touch back on that because I've got something that I I feel has helped me a lot. But but when you say imagine, you are saying integrate the idea if you're selling whatever you're selling, whether it's a date, getting someone to go out on a date with you, or whether it's some business, you're saying get them to imagine how great it would be and how it'll help their business or the the amazing sex they're going to have later. Exactly right. And, you know, we now know from these um, functional MRI studies, meaning, you know, think about um, an MRI machine built into a helmet, where researchers try various uh, questions and various techniques on people to see uh, how it affects human communications, uh, decision-making, and, of course, sales and marketing. And so we really now know that... uh, these words wake up the buyer's old brain. And one of the best ways to wake up another person's old brain is to get them to talk about themselves, Selves. their yeah. issues, their um, passions. Mm. And <laughs> the, the, uh, here's the interesting fact behind this now. We've all learned, we've all learned to listen. We've all, in sales, it's you know, like Ziggler. Use your, um, your mouth and ears at the proportion that you were given them. So listen twice as much as talk. Now we know from these functional MRI machines that you can get the other person to talk. More cortisol or more uh, dopamine and serotonin, the good hormones, are released in their brain than are released in romance or a great meal. Which is crazy. So part of the first impression is get the other person to talk first. Notice how I'm letting you do all the talking? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're a good listener I am, well you know and, and that, that um, that's something that I think a, a good interviewer does I'll admit that I can, I can get carried away in a conversation when I'm interviewing someone and I, I'm so excited by what's being said I've wanted to jump in twice now and add my two cents but you know it, it is, a, it is a better to, to, to listen I think um, I wanted to just add, and then we're going to go to break and come back with you, um, that I used to tell people, thank you, I appreciate it. Whatever it was, the cab driver, the person who holds the door open for you, whatever. And I've changed it for about a year now to thank you, I appreciate you. And the difference in response, because it isn't the deed that you did that I'm appreciating, it's you doing the deed. 
the resonance is far greater. And the the um, when you're back in the store and you see that same clerk behind the cash register, they remember you. You get better service just because you personalized it and made it about them the first time. It's one of those five words. You. You. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Perfect. We're talking to John Asher. Close Deals Faster is his new book, and we're going to talk about uh, some shortcuts because I think it's, it's not just about um, being out there socializing where you're setting a positive or negative tone. You're also doing this on your social media. The Sean Prue Show continues here on SiriusXM, Canada Talks Channel 167. We're glad you're here. And a reason you were perfectly formed for the season. You were wonderfully made, marvelous, amorous, glorious, victorious. You have a purpose. You have a purpose and a reason. You were perfectly formed for the season. You were wonderfully made. Welcome back to the Sean Prue Show. On Canada Talks, here's Sean Prue. Here I am, and I know it's the weekend. Thanks for tuning in for some Thought Revolution Radio here on Sirius XM 167. CEO and sales sales strategist John Asher is with us. His book, Close Deals Faster, is in my hands right now. And I have um, uh, my new business development person, and I'm going to hand that to you and just say, Close Deals Faster, would you? <laughs> John's with us, and, and he's developed a killer formula for nailing the first impression in the world of work. And I know it's the weekend, but Monday's going to come, and we've got to get back to work. Let's make it count. We've talked about six fundamental strategies to set a positive tone, but it's not just out in the workplace in front of people anymore, is it, John? We set positive or negative impressions through social media now, don't we? We certainly do. By the way, I forgot to mention in the beginning, but you know, over many years, I've been to Canada 88 times. I've been to every province. I've been skiing in Banff. And I recently got remarried a couple of years ago, and we went on our honeymoon in Montreal. That's a so sexy city. You, you, could pre- you could pretty much say I'm half Canadian, don't you think? I think you are half Canadian. And, and, and when you take <laughs> your date to uh, Montreal, in my world, you call that foreplay. So, well played, <laughs> sir. <laughs> <laughs> well played. And and please make sure you uh, uh, give me a call next time you're in uh, in Toronto because you're a smart man and I like picking your brain. So social media, nice. we set uh, uh, an impression through social media that uh, we do because I'll tell you, if someone's on my feed and they're harping or negative, I unfriend them. Like I'm not, I, we all look at our feeds so much that I refuse as someone who controls his orbit pretty carefully to have your garbage about your dead cat or whatever else is going on in my face. Great. Totally agree. So is that what you mean by first impressions or am I just on a rant? No, no, I, I agree with your rant. And um, if, if you're really in, in the sales profession, then LinkedIn is really your main tool. And if you've got the premium level, like the Sales Navigator level, and you're a power user, then that's really the professional way of networking. And you don't have as much of that uh, Facebook type of stuff going on. No. So, so how do we build a positive first impression? So the positive first impression is, again, dress, a reasonable dress. Um, number and you should be a little bit different because one of the four stimuli to wake up the buyer's old brain is called clear contrast. So you can't be exactly the same as everybody else. So if, you, if you're on your LinkedIn you portfolio or your, your LinkedIn, uh, and I, I should be a better listener right now, but I'm just trying to squeeze as yep. much out of you as I can in the time we've got. You, if you yep. are, you should look different. You should stand out amongst all the smiling faces. Exactly. Got it. At least a bit. A bit. You and should then, have a. You should have a smile. Yes. Go on. You should have good uh, posture. Stand up. Stand up straight. So it's these secret and, shortcuts are the same as as if you're live. <laughs> Pretty much. Right. <laughs> yes. You should put your cigarette down. Uh, you yes. should put your glass of wine away. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> what else? Well, a firm handshake, you know, with two or three pumps. So that's the main, the, you know, the, the human touch 
is a, uh, a powerful attraction for most people. It goes right to the old brain when you touch another person. And so the handshake is always a great way to uh, make that touch. Or if it's a current customer, you know, well, a high five or, or, um, or that sort of thing. So firm handshake, um, big smile, and then ask them about something about them. Get them to talk first. And again, more dopamine and cortisone is released in their brain that is released in romance or a great meal. Or chocolate. That person feels great, and they transfer that great feeling to you. We can't underestimate the value of voice, can we? Uh, speech patterns, uh, there, are, there are preference. There's, there's distinct preferences to speech patterns and tonal ranges. Talk to us a bit about that. Well, it goes back to uh, what's called a similarity bias. And that is we are biased towards people that are similar to us. And if I am, uh, and, and by that I mean similar in tonal, uh, in similar in um, acronyms, similar in um, speech patterns, similar in looks, sports preferences, uh, religious uh, patterns, uh, political leanings, uh, even uh, age groups. So if I was doing, uh, and, and so it's why NLP is such a great tool to use in first impression. So if I'm doing NLP with you, and you're talking faster than I'm talking, I'm going to speed up. You're talking softer, I'll talk softer. If you start using some acronyms in your industry, I'll pick up on those right away. And, and very quickly, in your old brain, your old brain goes, wow, this guy is just like me mm -hmm. therefore he must be awesome when i was in <laughs> i was in finance for a spell and, and i took a course and it basically was a whole day of um of the theory of what you just said and then yeah. uh exercising that and it really did help and it continues to help you get someone who's literally a fast talker and i'll be more of a fast talker and you can tell sometimes that it's helpful in a phone conversation where they might have been just ready to dismiss you or get you off the phone. You talk at their speed or their softness, uh, and they suddenly, you feel there, there's almost a relaxing that goes on, isn't there? Exactly right. Mm. And it's a funny-sounding term, neuro-linguistic programming. Neuro means brain. Linguistics, the whole area of language. So if I'm doing NLP with you, Sean, I am programming your unconscious or old brain to like me without your conscious or new brain knowing it. I like this because it's diabolical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, and so I'm thinking about the people listening to this right now. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. You are, as we established earlier, you're going to be out there doing that Monday through Friday, say, and you're going to be dealing with people, and then you're going to be dealing with people after work. You're going to be constantly selling, and you might as well sell to win. You might as well sell to close. And, and so while I'm listening to what you're saying, uh, Mr. Asher, and, and, and thinking, gosh, it sounds like a lot of work. It's really about just putting some new practices into who you are and how you present and just playing the game a little harder to make more money, get more sex, get more romance, do better in your job, get the promotion, land the client. It's just all about doing better, isn't it? I couldn't say it any better than uh, you just said it. Mm. Do totally people agree. do people follow this, uh, or, or are they too lazy sometimes? Well, you know, to create a new habit, say using NLP, actually takes concentrated effort over several weeks. So it's hard, as you suggest, it's hard work. So, but by the end of February, people could change who they are in the workplace and who they are in their social lives. They could. They can make a big difference, especially in creating first impressions, as we've been talking about. When, when you are coaching or advising or speaking to these subjects, is there the one thing that you suggest people work on first? Is, is it first impressions? Um, actually, if you, um, the, probably the best advice um, for salespeople ever was be a perfect listener. Mm. Get the other person to talk first about themselves. Mm -hmm their issues, and again, they just light up. Mm. And the more they light up and, 
and tell you if you're a great listener, then the better they feel about you. If you use the three steps to being a perfect listener, in the end, the buyer will say, wow, this has been so great. And You've got a perfect understanding of our needs. You've actually helped me understand what we need. And, this and, has been such a great collaboration. And John, you, you, you know, I'm, uh, this is to the listener right now. I can't emphasize how correct this is in, in my experience as well. And part of the joy of my job is that I get to speak to so many interesting people, uh, so many famous people. Oprah's been on the show. You're on the show talking about something so interesting. I'm really lucky to have that as what I, I do for part of my, my um, career. But I never, when I'm with somebody, talk about it, A, because I don't feel like it. it's, it's kind of done. Um, B, sometimes you feel like you're, you're being a bit of a, a name dropper or whatever. I don't want to be that guy. But C, I'm more interested in the other person. And, and so because I'm avoiding talking about my work, um, I automatically default to, to asking them about them. And that has taken me so many places because there's a bounce back of this guy could be talking all about other the celebrity interview this week and he wants to know about me. And it, it's, it's ego, it's um, vanity, it's, uh, um, it's uh, what's that word? Uh, somebody who just appreciates you for being you. Uh, ugh, the word's escaping me. Well, one way to think about it is the people with the most charisma are not the best talkers. They're the best listeners. Right? So it's charisma, really. I'm sitting here trying to remember that word. We're going we're gonna to just sit together in silence now while I try to remember that <laughs> word. Validation! That's what it was. Validation. It's about validation. It's about validation. You feel validated. Everybody wants to know that they're seen and that they're heard. And that's what you're really boiling down. If, if this was summarized in one way, isn't it about making people feel the way everybody intrinsically wants to feel, that they matter, that they're seen, that they're heard? And they have significance. And they yes. have significance. Right. John, your new oh, book, Close Deals Faster, uh, is, uh, is a must-have for anybody who's selling anything. And guess what? Everybody listening is... Thank you for coming on the show and sharing your invaluable advice, John. Thank you, Sean. It's great to be here. Sean Prichot continues, the boy who brought down the bathhouse and the girl who got rid of two toxic relationships, and you can too. The Sean Prichot continues here on Sirius XM, Canada Talks Channel 167, Thought Revolution Radio. Whoa. You were wonderfully made, marvelous, amorous, glorious, victorious. This is The Sean Prue Show on Canada Talks. I've been bugging this guy for an interview for months now, probably before his new book, The Boy Who Brought Down a Bathhouse, was even released. Roland Chambers, friend of mine for many years, and if you are familiar uh, with the Toronto queer cultural scene, and many of you are visiting the city here where we're based for Pride, uh, a very familiar face. He's famous for having written the Deep Dish column in Fab magazine, ran also in Extra magazines. He's contributed to Circuit Noise, Noise, My Gay Toronto Play, Fab, National, and Much Music. And also at one point, Roland Chambers, Uh-oh. you ran from a managerial level. Yes. A bathhouse called St. Mark's Spa. Yes. And you always let me in for free. <laughs> <laughs> we need the celebrities in there, you know. <laughs> um, I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this is a book that's got everyone talking, but I want to include all the listeners in this conversation so you just know that there's somebody... Um, wherever in North America listening to this right now, who's saying, okay, the bathhouse thing, what's a bathhouse, <laughs> right? A lot of people are like, okay, heard about it. What is it? What's a bathhouse? It's a wondrous place of <gasps> sensuous male oh. flesh exploding in your oh. face. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, a bath, a bathhouses have, have gone back, you know, hundreds of years, but in the modern context, um, in the last 20, 30 years, a bathhouse is essentially a, a place where 
uh, men, whether they're uh, they're usually gay, but they can be bisexual, they can be even straight. Um, straight men go there as well to like experience things. But it's a it's a building. It's it's a uh, an environment where men go to experience um, casual sex. Essentially, um, it's not always always casual. Some people meet up there for um, you know ongoing one on one contact over over the years, kind of like Brokeback Mountain mm-hmm. in, in terms of like bathhouses. But it's a place where where men can go and have um, sex. And also, I would add to this because I spoke with that recently uh, about this with a friend of mine. But I've always believed this. It's also a, a safe place exactly. for men who have sex with men to be. I remember very much uh, when I'd visit you, the spa that you were managing, um, that there was just a, it was really nice and liberating and free. And, and, and while my main prerogative was to have sex, those times between anything when you're wandering around in a towel mm-hmm. or in a jock or yeah. whatever, and you're running into some people that might be social, just hanging out. Yeah. And you don't get that opportunity, um, especially not maybe as a gay man, to fraternize. Yeah. And this is a place to fraternize yeah. as well. It's, it's kind of like um, an all-male gym um, in terms of the fact that you can go to, um, you can go in there and just uh, strip down to your underwear, strip down to be naked, strip down to your jockstrap and wander around. Um, and then there is that sort of um, social networking that goes on with that as well. But added to that is the acceptability that you can um, have sex, um, you're, you're encouraged to have sex as opposed to like being at a gym where you're just walking around, you know, in, in like the showers or something. You, you, at, at, at like a gym, you aren't mm. encouraged to have sex. Yes. But it's sort of it like the gym sort of environment, <laughs> exactly, sort of the gym sort of environment with that encouragement to, uh, to have sex, exactly. So when you, you don't first, have to. you don't have to, when you <laughs> first um, took this role and I've seen you do so many different things over the years and you're good at everything you do. Thank you. Um, I've always wanted to ask you this: What made you take that it was, role? I was, I was um, money. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when I was like, this came uh, just after I was fired from uh, from Circa Nightclub um, because oh, I that because debacle. I yeah because that? I because I spoke out too much and uh, they were like shut him down yeah fire him so they let me go and uh, like a week later um, the owner of St Mark's Spa asked me to come on board and do marketing for them and I yes. said marketing for a bathhouse I hummed and hawed but I was like oh whatever so they wanted me to do parties and just do their marketing you know their posters their online uh, image you know yes. Facebook all that sort of stuff I could do that yes um, so after I think it was a month of me doing that and just you know en- enjoying myself I worked in the office about four days no sorry about three days a week and two days a week Fridays and Saturdays I threw events so after about a month then they said can you please take over the entire Operation. We, you know, we don't want to have anything to really do with it. We have other stuff going on, and we want to fire the manager and the assistant manager that are currently there now because they were kind of. And everything you, know. you do is fabulous. So <laughs> here. Yeah, but yeah. So, but 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 honestly, for two months I said no because I my plan, my secret plan was just to help them out for a year mm. to get more business, to get more people, to get new business into the place, and then be on to bigger and better things. Because yes. I was like bathhouse. I don't want to be a bathhouse manager. Yes, that yes, is not my yes. career. But. Um, each time they came came to me, they increased the salary more and more, and then I finally said yes. Yes. And two and a half years later, I was still there. So, and <laughs> uh, in, in your book, you take us through what was the intention? The boy who brought down a bathhouse. You can buy this on Amazon, based on actual events. Roland Chambers, our special guest uh, right now. What was your intention in writing the book? When I. Um, when St. Mark's Spa um, ended for me and was ended for the world, um, I always knew I was going to b- write a book about my experiences there because there's like so many different um, things that happened. And that, and so. Code now, Brown, Code <laughs> Brown. <laughs> at the cash. Um, so for like five years later, I still hadn't written that book. I'd, I'd written maybe about two pages of it. And Were finally, you keeping notes? Um, there were notes, little. You know, most of the stuff is in, in, in my head. head, but there are sort of notes in terms of what might be my second book, which which is um, tweets from a bathhouse. Because oh. St. Mark's Spa also had an, an infamous Twitter account, and I saved all those did tweets you, as you, well. And they were like crazy, book. yeah, good right. companion book. Uh, but I, but I, but I have a really good memory. But um, so my my best friend Ray, after five years of waiting for this book to come out, said, "You are going to do this this year." So um, they sat me down, and I basically just 
uh, told them stories. Ray recorded it. Ray Helfio uh, is a gem. Yes, yes. And then um, Stuart, his partner, was always upstairs on, in the in the second floor of their house, in his bedroom, in his uh, in his um, uh, uh, nightgown, <laughs> in bed <laughs> with his with his computer. And Ray would send him my voice files, and Stuart, because he was like an amazing typist, would just um, type everything I set up. And then would send it back to me, and then I would write you the got book. To book. Edit. Exactly. Yes. But um, but what they had wanted, what uh, Ray had wanted, was just a collection of stories. It was just like get it out there. Those stories are so good. Just put it out there. But I didn't want it to be just a collection of things that happened. Mm-hmm. I felt it, um, not everyone would be able to understand what these stories meant or would care about these stories. So I you felt I had a to broad li- stories, broad stories, so that everybody could enjoy. Yeah, it. yeah, I felt I, and I also felt I wanted something because in the back of my mind, the reason why I had a hard time starting the book was because I wanted the book. Um, to not just be a collection of stories. I want it to be um, uh, a, a, a one story about my journey through this place. And that's what I was having pro- problems with, was my journey. What was your journey? Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was the problem, right? What was the journey? Well, there were, the, 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 the main journey was my relationship, which is, which is the, it's sort of uh, the understory of, the main, of, of all the various stories, was my, my, my relationship at that time. And how that sort of uh, fell apart, and the reason why it fell apart, and how that affected me, and how that affected the bathhouse. So that was a story that I was struggling to um, to tell because mm-hmm. I didn't really want to address it to myself. I think. Oh wow, <laughs> that's the trouble with a book; it makes you mind deep, doesn't it? Exactly, yeah. and, and, it's, and it's interesting as well because I, you know, I've had, I've had people, you know, when, when people read things um, that you have written. Um, they see different things in it, and and sometimes you don't even know that it's there. But I like to call it "you can't read." What <laughs> I like to call it "you can't read." What do you mean? Well, because I've I, we were both columnists at the same time, yeah. and I know you must have gone through this. <laughs> so you say something, and you know what you're saying. Yeah. it's as clear as oh, yeah, yeah. As, as a bright you, sunny day, yeah. and someone comes up to you and says, "You transphobic, you yeah. misogynist, you lie." It's like. No, yeah. I just said that. <laughs> you can't read. And also, and also, people have to take things into context as as well as who you are as a writer. If they know who you are, they know what you're talking about. But mm. not is that. But that's not always going to happen. Mm. But I, I one, like one one of the one of the people um, commented that, um, and it was true. And I didn't realize at the time the reason why I was affected so much by St. Mark's Spa was because I was basically internalizing that space because I was trying to make a bathhouse more than it was right. because I was trying to make myself this more bigger person. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Deep. And when it, and when it when uh, when things started falling apart um or when things didn't uh, reach the level that I wanted to, I internalized that a lot and I felt that I wasn't really doing the biggest Myself. you. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. so this is this is a this has been a trippy experience for you more than I realized. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I I'm on page 179. <laughs> Are you really? No, no you're not. No, no. I thought you just started it. No, no, no. Oh. I am mentioned on page 179. Oh, you're you're mentioned on page 179. His campaign <laughs> was really good. Yeah, his, your campaign for the book was really good. You, Are you, you in it? Are you in it? And then you listed all the names, all the names, all the names, all the names, but yeah. didn't show them all. Yeah. Either. And so yeah. I saw my name there. I was like, okay. Yeah. But, but yeah, and, and Sean's just, he's not mentioned, he's mentioned in, in, a, in a professional. Thank you. <laughs> I was a little concerned. <laughs> oh, she came, she was not she sober that night. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a sober night for Miss Prue. Yeah. No, I knew you wouldn't do that. But honestly, that it's not, uh, it's not a tell all in terms of like exposing people. Right. Um, the only people that are mentioned by name, uh, first and last names, are people who are officially affiliated with, with the bathhouse. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, Either, is, either has only their first names or a nickname. Mm. And I've had some people, I uh, had one person annoyed by his nickname and the story that went along with it, and that's DJ Shoulder Pads. DJ Shoulder Pads, okay. <laughs> All right. So I just he, uh, yeah, he, he's a, a, a DJ in, in Toronto. Um, he, um, he was not quite uh, happy with that mention, but I think we've I think Shoulder Pads sounds really nice. Exactly, I, I do I'm going to give you a piece of paper and you're going to write down his name. I'm not going to say it on the air. I just want to know who you're talking about. <laughs> I, I don't even know his real name. I can't even, oh, there, there it is. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It is... Oh, got it. Yes. Okay, so that was really rude of me. This is not, this is not, got no value to the audience at all. But, you know, you can't just say DJ Shoulder Reservoir. I'm picturing Joan Collins, Linda Evans. <laughs> uh, give us a sample of uh, one of your, your favorite stories 
from this book that uh, that the, the, the listener can enjoy right now. It doesn't have to be the whole story, but what's a favorite part that you knew you were going to include? It was a favorite bit, favorite moment. Um, well, I guess the, the first thing that comes to my mind is not really a favorite story, but it's a it's an interesting story. It's um, it's in the chapter called uh, "The Crying Russian." And this was... The time Putin came to the, the tub? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's interesting because we actually had, um, um, what's his name, the, the porn star, uh, Michael Lucas, yes, visit, visit yeah. our um, bathhouse for one of our he's infamous... He's been on the show. Uh, he's been in the show? Yeah, Amazing, yeah. yeah. Um, so I didn't realize that at the time when he visited uh, the bathhouse for our porn star night, um, that he was also um, not just a porn producer, but he's actually a film producer, and he produced that that that... That, documentary, that, that documentary, which is why he was here on this show. Exactly, yep. yeah. So, yeah. And I hated him at the time um, uh, when I first met him, but then I grew to love him over the course of, like, I think it was 10 minutes. He just wooed me that night. Mm. But anyway, so so the story's called The Crying Russian. It's about this man who was in the in Russia's Bolshoi Ballet, and he was a ballet dancer. He came over to perform, and apparently his boyfriend, who was also in the ballet, broke up with him on the flight over. Oh, that doesn't so, make for some fun dancing. So, well, it made for no dancing because apparently he ran away from the production all weekend and spent the weekend in our bathhouse oh. crying in his room um, and I'm maybe having sex. But the reason, the reason I know this is because I, I, uh, I, I came in on, I think it was a, a, a Sunday morning, and I walked, you know, I, I did my rounds at the bathhouse. I heard some guy crying in his room. So I'm like, oh, whatever. So I kept, kept walking, walked back. He's still crying. So I called one of my floor tenants over. And I'm like, do you know what, what's, what's up with this guy? And um, uh, Louis, one of the floor tenants, was working the night before and the night before. He said he'd been there since Friday. The guy finally led him into his room on Saturday to talk to him and told him all this, that his boyfriend broke, broke up with him. He was devastated. He wasn't going back. I'm not sure. I'm sure he must have gone back, but... Um, I just found it really interesting that, um, I mean, there's all sorts of Everyone's running around looking for this dancer, <laughs> and he's at the tubs. Yes. Let that be a lesson to you all at the National <laughs> Ballet of Canada. We, I mean, it, honestly, it, it, is a, it is kind of a lost place at times. There lo- a lo- lots of people run away to yes. the bathhouse. Yes. Like um, the married man whose, whose wife actually tracked him down at the bathhouse with their, uh, I think it was a seven-year-old son in She tow. came up? She went in? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no, no, not, not, oh, okay. not, not actually in the bathhouse, but he went. she went to the bathhouse and wanted to be let in the bathhouse, but of course we couldn't. And she's there Especially with her son. With her son. <gasps> Girl, hats off for you. Uh, describe your experience and then I gotta let you go. In, in the overall experience for you in one word of this time in your life? Uh, can I use a hyphenated word? Sure. Just <laughs> Eye-opening. Eye-opening. <laughs> the Boy Who Brought Down a Bathhouse, ba- based on actual events by Roland Chambers. It's your first book, first of many, I hope. You're I'm, such a good writer. You're such a good raconteur. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I wish you joy and thank much you. success with this. The Sean Priest Show continues getting rid of toxic people. Yes, that's coming up on SiriusXM, Canada Talks Channel 167. Glad you're here. The Sean Prue Show on Canada Talks, Sirius XM 167. If you are looking to live your life to its fullest potential, do you ask yourself the question, why or what? Or do you ask the question, who is it that you need to change in order to live your life that way? A lot of people want to get rid of the whys or the what's, but sometimes it's the people, as my guest Raquel Richards, who's a contributor to my online magazine, thegayguidenetwork.com, and wrote a wonderful piece. I think this is one of my favorites oh. that you've done in the 45, 55 years you've been 65, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 65 in two months. <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, and I, I've written about my experiences uh, uh, guarding my orbit and, uh, and and getting rid of, of people before. And it's a subject that I think resonates 100% of the time because we've all got people in our orbit who are uh, takers, not givers, who are soul suckers, um, who uh, are time wasters, uh, and we let them hang on forever because we've been friends since kindergarten. 
<laughs> because she was a bridesmaid. Right. Because, because, because. And we find all kinds of justifications to um, keeping them around. And you got rid of two biggies yeah. and wrote about it in the gigguidenetwork.com. Uh, the first was, let's, let's start with our snoring roommate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but you, you know, and a roommate <laughs> doesn't sound all that big, but that's someone you're sharing your home with. Yeah, and you're, she was an old, old friend, like, uh, you know. Um, here we go. Yeah, from my, my working in the club days and with Dacozy and everything. And so she was an old friend. And I thought it would be okay because she was an old friend. And uh, so she needed a place to stay. I needed some help at the time. So I said, why not? So she did. She moved in. And I should have known when she showed up drunk and late <laughs> uh, that this was a red flag. And so I gave her like four months and then she was she failed to pay her rent. So I just told her, you've got to go. You're gone by December 1st. And I could have been really That's nice about it. That's hard for you because you're a very nice person. Yeah, it was difficult, but I had gained some strength over the past year. Yeah. 2016 is the year of strength for me. Mm. And I had no problem cutting her from my life. Uh, toxic, you know, person did not fit, did not serve me well. Um, so I realized I can't have this person in my life anymore. Um, the snoring was really bad. So <laughs> I, had to, was the snoring. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't handle snoring. Uh, and when I'm in an other room wearing earplugs and I'm still hearing you, <laughs> oh, this is a problem. Ew. Yes. Ew is so right. <laughs> so, so that wasn't as hard for you as I imagined then. Um, well, because you said I'm a nice person, uh, I think the old me wouldn't have been um, so easy to make that decision. And the old you, by the way, uh, this bears saying, if you've listened to the show uh, for as long as it's been on, you're a regular guest. Last mm -hmm. summer, um, you were on because you had had um, uh, experiences with general anxiety disorder and depression. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were working together with some coaching mm -hmm. uh, to move you out of that. I just want to say, you have, you are a new woman. <laughs> You're a different person <laughs> sitting in front of me. And, and is that where, in, in that, have you discovered um, this kind of new wisdom and strength to do these sorts of things, like kick out the snorer? Yes, yeah. yes. Kick all the snorers out of your life, the ones who are making noise. Uh, yeah, the, and the uh, symbolic snorers, too. Yes, there is definitely a lot of those in energy vampires. Energy I like that term. Yeah, energy vampires. And like you said at the top of the show, you don't, you, you don't necessarily know, I don't think you necessarily know why somebody you're keeping in your life, and as you said, because they're a bridesmaid or because of this. I think we really, really feel that way. Oh, well, I've known them so long. and Time's a man-made thing, by mm -hmm. the way, so it doesn't matter how long you've known somebody you if you've got to get rid of them you've got to get rid of them but when when you are uh, looking at a, a situation like this you knew who she was when she walked in the door drunk and, <laughs> and, and late <laughs> i'm gonna snore that night and it only took you four months which is amazing because some people would be four years right but um do you, do you would you recognize your gut earlier like that earlier as in five time? years ago no 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 I would have known it and felt it, but not have acted on it. Mm. And that's the important thing. And that's what, that's what having no fear and being strong is. And we are very scared to do things, say things, you know, to, to quit that job or to... What will someone think of me? Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, I've spent my are whole life... Are you still friends it. with her? No. Yeah. I just, what was, the, what's the point of that? Yeah. Um, she had to take care of some I issues. I don't know this Raquel Richards. Who's <laughs> here. <That> was amazing. <laughs> it's just time to move on. And I mean, I still fear, but uh, things and it's, you know, the greatest thing about getting the greatest fault or what is the hurdle hurdle? The greatest hurdle of getting ahead is fear. If people just being scared of making emotion and, you know, ruffling some feathers or um, telling somebody how they feel. Since this whole thing has happened for me, I've also even changed how my apartment looks mm. um, and trying to change my environment as well. And that, I mean, with change, when you make a, a really big change in life or in the process of making changes I've done throughout the 2016, I think it's a natural occurrence for that to happen. There's so many roommates about to get kicked out of their homes. Right now? Right now. 
Yeah. <laughs> they don't, you know, she never took out the garbage. She, you know, just was not clean, and it was just a problem. And the snoring was just awful. And, um, yeah, drinking, and I, I don't want to be around and, if that type of person, and I didn't know that. And, you know, the devil in sheep's clothing. The second person you got rid of uh, had to have been difficult because it involved um, the co-ownership of a dog. Mm -hmm. You uh, had an ex-boyfriend. Yes. And we're friends Mm -hmm. and decided to get the dog together as friends. Yes. And you had to give up the dog because you had to give him up too. Tell us about that. I felt that was the the best thing to do. Um, That's that's tough. Uh, that's the hard, the third hardest thing I've had to do in my life. I would have kept the boyfriend in my life for the dog. <laughs> my mom, my mom has said, wanted me to do that, yeah. but I couldn't handle Tough. the nasty texts. I couldn't handle the fact that we both were looking after the dog differently. And it wasn't sitting well with my current uh, boyfriend. And I was, as I was getting stronger and I was pushing him further and further away, the ex, and... I realized his his friendship isn't really necessarily friendship without a price. Mm. Um, friendship without a price. There are so many friendships, and we all know them, that have strings attached. Yes. Yes. And you don't see those strings. Yes. Many, many times you yes. don't see them. And I realized that there was strings attached to this. Mm. And it was once I was getting out of the sphere that I was once in and starting to see the forest through the trees. Mm-hmm. What is that? Um, and noticing that this isn't healthy. And I yet, yet all along I thought it was healthy. And it wasn't healthy. Because here you are friends with an ex-boyfriend and we're such good friends. We're going to get a dog together. Yeah, and we can the, do we're this. We're so evolved, yes. You know, and then it, just going through the whole process, he just sort of assumed the dog was always his because it was from his niece. And, you know, would it be arguments about, you know, raising the dog and to do this and to do that. And it was just awful. And I realized that in order to... Get rid of him, the dog. I would either have to go to court for the dog. Um, oh, I would have gone to court. That's what I would have done. Yeah, I I, it was an option, definitely <laughs> an option. But I, I don't know how much pet lawyers cost. Um, <laughs> Represent yourself, girl. <laughs> this is true. Um, and so I just thought it it best, but it's. I still cry. I see a dog on TV that looks like my dog, and I still cry. But I do plan on getting another dog. Of course. I've had to. But you, um, so, so you have this roller coaster ride. Did you feel when you got rid of these people? How, and what was the time frame of getting rid of them? Uh, close, Very close yes, together. Because when you get rid of one, then you're, <laughs> you're, you're, on, out, a, out, you're on that out. roller coaster. And you're yes. just going. <clears throat> yeah. Yes, it was November 25th when I let the ex know. And then it was, um, it was uh, October 31st, November 1st, when I told the roommate she has to leave by <laughs> December 1st. <laughs> who's next? <laughs> yes. And it's been, Lucky a bit, three. it's been about that. Uh, who's next? And I'm just realizing, you know, it's just not worth having some people in your life that just don't respond to texts, don't return phone calls, Facebook messages, or, or whatever the case may be. And it's not worth having them in your life if all they do is take. There's certainly um, people that I've had in my life where uh, as soon as I didn't have something to give them mm. uh, th- they were no longer there oh yeah and it's very painful to realize that you were mostly there because you had good things um, and once you didn't in their eyes they're gone but you have to sort of do this kind of edit in your life I think mm-hmm. and if you don't you're attracting more of that kind of person absolutely and I always think show me your friends I'll show you your future Right. If you've got these people around you that uh, are soul suckers, energy vampires, I like that term that you used. You're not attracting uplifters. No. And you're not attracting people who are going to help you. And I've made, I personally have made um, so a, a couple of really, really strong, solid friendships with some um, like top-notch people. And I know that uh, for me, I, I went through a very painful period of of letting go and shedding uh, people being very shocked at who is my friend, who is not. Uh, sometimes I found that out when there was some, some media drama that I was involved in. Uh, when my marriage broke up, I found out who my friends were and who weren't my friends. Uh, and, and so it was a lot of turmoil. And sometimes it was just sort of like, I don't feel like I've got many people around me. All these people have disappeared. But the beauty of that is it took some time because now I'm really guarded. But wow, what mm-hmm. comes in knocks your socks off. It's so very true. I've learned who my friends were through the beginning of 2016 and been very shocked at that. And uh, once you clear the clutter, uh, 
you, as you said, you welcome so much more into your life. Um, and that's what I've noticed is I'm on this path and sometimes I feel like I want to revert back. Maybe I did the wrong thing, but I don't believe in that because once I put something in the past, I leave it there and I've always been that way. So I'm not going to change that. But, uh, it's amazing what one or two steps can do. And I think the other benefit to doing this is it's like Botox. (laughs) Okay. Yes. If you get Botox, the more, the more you get Botox, the less you need. So the more you shed your friends that aren't Mm. serving you well, that are toxic, as soon as someone else comes in who is not going to serve you well, you get rid of them faster. You notice the signs. You notice them, yeah. They don't get in as deeply. You don't invest as much or you categorize them. You know what? You're fine for a drink at the bar. Yes. But you don't get to meet my inner circle. You don't get to, I get value out of you in this small way. We'll meet you a couple times a year. It's fun. Compartmentalize. Compartmentalization. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's the, if, if you're, if people are listening to this and they're going, okay, there's her, there's him and her. Well, how, what's your best tip from your experience in getting rid of someone? Did you do all this by letter? I did it verbally and letter. I, that's, a, that's on the writing with the pen and the paper. And I did it uh, by voicemail and by text. So I'm, you know, if you do it, whatever, whichever way is comfortable for you mm. and how that person's going to receive the message. Yep. Some people don't talk on the phone. Some people just text. So that that's probably maybe the method that you would do it in, although I don't find that to be the best. Facebook wall. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although if you, if you really don't care, I guess, you know, but no, I don't think that's the best method. I think being upfront and face to face, if possible, is the best way to do it. Because when you see someone to your face and you can actually let them know how you feel, then it's really meant to be. I developed a little hashtag in my head when I was doing all this. That was, it was called not a match. Not and, a match. And it was just, you know, you're not a bad person. Uh, you snore and you're drunk all the time, but you're not a bad person. <laughs> and we used to be friends because it's painful to people to let go like that. And, 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 mm-hmm. and that's what stops them and, and keep, makes them keep their friends close to them that aren't really friends anymore. But we were good friends at one point, but I've gone this way and you've gone that way and we're not a match. And that to me softens the blow uh, the, in, inside my head so that I can then go and do it. Why didn't you tell me this was going through this process? No, that would have been no. a lot easier. Not a match. Not a match. Not a match. There you <laughs> yelling. <laughs> Read more from Recover Richards on her piece, uh, No Fear and Gaining Inner Strength on the Gay Guide Network.com. So nice to see you. Nice to see Those you too. Those nails are killer. <laughs> Hey, if you enjoy the new ideas we share here on The Sean Prue Show, join thousands of others who want to live well by their own rules by signing up for my Thought Revolution newsletter. Each week you'll get fresh insight and ideas from my journey to being, doing, and having anything to help you on your path. Visit SeanPrue.com. Click I Can Help You to sign up. And keep up with the latest and greatest from The Sean Prue Show. Join us on Twitter at Sean Prue, at Sean Prue Show, and at SXM Canada Talks. Until next time, thanks for listening. I wish you joy. Oh my rebel